Thursday edition of PFTOT Hall of Fame game coming tonight. Topics that we didn't get to today during our two hours together on PFT Live, Chris. But I want to start with something that we talked about a couple of times. And I want to put the exclamation point or the question mark or the ellipses, the to be continued on the end of this. Tom Brady's contract expires after this season. We don't know what's going to happen next. Do you think that Tom Brady ultimately will go the route of Joe Namath, John Unitas, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and play, not Tom Brady, Brett Favre. It was going well until I got to that point. And play for another team before his career ends. No freaking way is that happening. None. I mean, you could just put that on it, period, right there. How about that one? Just period. It's over. Don't even worry about it. One you know, I think Tom Brady, everything he's done in New England, you know, his family being there, all of that, okay, and the New England way that you talk about, I don't think he'd want to deal with another organization because he's just so used to the way things are done so remarkably well in New England that I think it would frustrate the hell out of him to go to somewhere else, which is going to seem like almost second rate to him. Two, you know this. I mean, his he might as well be Tom Craft Brady. I mean, he should he's part of the Kraft family. And like you've heard we we heard Tom Curran say he thinks Belichick's gonna back off when it comes to negotiating the the Brady thing and all that. I, I totally believe that. He probably is. He realizes this is a Kraft Brady thing. He's got nothing to do with this one, and he'll let them figure it out and just go, okay, let's do it. So I don't think there's any way, Mike. There was a report last week that no deal is coming for Brady anytime soon, and I guess anything can happen during the season. The concern for the Patriots would be that at some point he is going to fall off the cliff, and he turns 42 in two days. Yeah. So they have him for this year when he's 42. Next year, spoiler alert, drum roll please, he'll be 43. And at some point, he's not going to be able to do it. At some point, you are going to have invested a lot of money in a guy who all of a sudden can't do it. And that's what the challenge is going to be for the Patriots. Now, let me flip it around, okay? Because Tom Brady has spent the bulk of his career scared to death of Bill Belichick showing up one day saying, you're not worth the financial investment. You're not as good as you need to be. We've got somebody else who can do it better than you. And he's used it as motivation, but it's also been a constant in his life. What if he gets through this season, he doesn't have a contract for next year, we don't know what the Patriots are going to do. We don't know what he's going to do. What if you're another team and you're a team that has a pretty good collection of players and could just use a quarterback to push you over the top? And there's always teams that, that are in that mindset, that are in that mode. I, apart from what he can do for you as a football player, think about what he can do for your business. And I know that it's not prudent for owners to launch the preseason press conference by saying, we just really want to make a lot of money this year, but they really just want to make a lot of money. You're going to make a ton of money if you have Tom Brady. You're going to sell all your tickets instantly. You're going to sell hundreds, if not thousands, of Tom Brady jerseys. The idea of a Tom of a 12 Brady jersey that isn't white and silver and blue. It, the, the guy's still moving merchandise unlike anyone else. From a business standpoint, 
the idea of being able to pilfer Tom Brady for a year or two is going to be too tempting for 31 other owners to collectively say, ah, he's not leaving. He's just going to stay with the Patriots. Well, yeah. Hey, maybe, do they make a call maybe at the end of the year to the agent or something like that? I mean, I mean, to what you're saying, it's very real. Yeah. I mean, he would do remarkably well for any franchise where he went to. He's going to make them a ton of money. He's Tom freaking Brady. I mean, you know, he's maybe the most notable uh, superstar in sports history in America. I mean, he's up there with Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, and LeBron James, and uh, Muhammad Ali at this point. So, I mean, you're right. I just don't think, first of all, I don't think money is going to matter to him. I mean, he's already proven that it doesn't matter. And I just think he's got a, he's a routine guy. I mean, you know, it, the, the, he gets to bring his trainer in the building and he's got everything the way he wants it in New England. Yeah. And I think he's finally at the point of his career where, yeah, I'm sure he goes home, like you said, and is like, oh, Belichick's so annoying. I'm sure he has days like that. Oh, damn, I wish he'd stop yelling at me. But I think, you know, ultimately uh, he's got a nice little niche for himself there in the New England franchise. How about the Dolphins? Well, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay, yeah. How about them? I know, but you know, you're just you're going down Crazyville right now. Just stop. Move That's on to okay. the next subject. Let's it's have crazy-ville. some fun in Crazyville. Why? How about the Dolphins That's wasting with Brian my life Flores away. It's and Shadow Shea? Let's go. How about the Lions? Oh, how about the Lions he if they to decide? The he wants to go to the Dolphins and do a rebuilding. That's what he wants to go. Tom's gonna go. How, how about forty three? Hey, but hey. I want to rebuild. Hey, how about see you later, Jimmy Garoppolo? Welcome home, Tom Brady, to the Bay Area. The team that he was there for the catch game. That's great stories. You can put this all in your next book you write about football, okay? <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, Jacoby Brissett will be available to sign with the Patriots if they would want to bring him back, although I don't think they would have traded him if they had any designs on keeping him around. But Jacoby Brissett, the backup in Indianapolis behind Andrew Luck, who isn't practicing. The Colts have faith in Jacoby Brissett. And Chris, that's a point you made earlier this week. They can take some solace in the reality that they have a guy who stepped in with no opportunity to get ready. They traded for him Labor Day weekend 2017, and he ended up being a great, great player for the Colts. Do they really lose? A, you know, we talked during the show about teams that would be derailed by non-quarterback injuries. Would the Colts really be derailed by a serious injury to Andrew Luck? given the presence of Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, well, uh, Jacoby Brissett's a starting quarterback in the NFL uh, for, for my money. You know, even in my quarterback rankings, I had him in the top 32 there. I mean, he's he is a big, big good arm, good decision maker, good athlete, does all that. You know, would, would they be as good with Jacoby Brissett as Andrew Luck? No, I don't believe that. You know, but, uh, you know, they would hit a few bumps in the roads and things like that. But I think within their team and their coaching staff, they would figure out the right way to play uh, that fit Jacoby Brissett and fit within the team. And it, pro- it would be different than, than Andrew Luck. But it is the beauty of having a great backup quarterback. And it's the beauty of having it right now because of like, you know, we were talking about with Andrew Luck being hurt, what will happen so many times when the starting quarterback is out during training camp, the whole franchise starts to panic and practice doesn't look as good. The energy's not as good at practice. We can't call some of the plays because this backup quarterback can't do those plays that our starter can because he's got special talent and that's why he's a starter well they're not going to have those bad vibes or those bad practices in Indianapolis and that's a good thing because I'm sure practice is running smoothly and when T.Y. Hilton's open 50 yards down the field Jacoby Persett's going to hit him just like Andrew Luck does and uh, that's a great luxury for for a team like that to, to have how about the Giants for a year with Tom yeah Brady? Oh, would you shut up and go on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about all these different scenarios, and it's just fascinating to me. 
Uh, and, and crazier things have indeed happened. But, but I agree with you. The Colts, if they have to get to the point, and we are not jinxing Andrew Luck, but if they have to get to the point where they use Jacoby Brissett, they prefer not to, yeah. but I think they'll be in decent shape. All right. In Seattle last year, the Seahawks thought they got a steal with running back Rashad Penny out of San Diego State. The problem is he had some injuries in the preseason. Chris Carson emerged. Mike Davis did well. Davis is now gone. He's with the Chicago Bears. But Penny says this year is going to be a lot different. Now, we know how Pete Carroll is. It's competition everywhere. Competition across the board. The best guy plays. Could Penny become the better alternative to Chris Carson, and could Penny become a guy who is a significant contributor to the Seattle offense? I, I think he can, Mike. I do. I, I think he's got a special skill set, the kid. I think he's more talented just with raw ability than Chris Carson. Uh, I do. And that's the reason I think the Seattle Seahawks took him in the, in the first round. I mean, you know, last year, yeah, it was tough. He showed a few little glimmers where I went, ooh, there's the guy I saw. But, you know, you talked about it. It was injuries. It was banged up. He never really got into a flow of the year I think this year he will show himself to be the cream of the crop in that running back room um, just between the things I saw in college and what little I saw last year when he did get out he's got elite quickness for his size Mike he's got unbelievable feet and he can rip off 30 and 40 yard gains like like nothing I mean he's got a very good balance I mean a balance of speed and power combination that uh, I, I really think is going to help that Seahawks team you know, people are mapping out their fantasy football plans for 2019. And I remember last year, drafting him low. Nobody's thinking about him. I yeah. kind of stashed him. I kept waiting uh, and hoping that he would do something. And this year, it's kind of the same mindset. He's not as under the radar. But I think he's a guy you want to think about. We, we don't want to turn this into a fantasy football advice program. But this is the time of year where people are thinking about these things. And this is a guy who could become a significant contributor in Seattle this season. Yes. Yeah. Especially with that offensive line. Right. That offensive line is going to be even better. Last year with Mike Solari back in the organization and Dwayne Brown, Jermaine Effetti, the way those guys stepped up. DJ Fluker, a former first-round pick of the Chargers, who's done well there. Recently, Dwayne Brown talking about how much better they're even going to be this year. Whoever ends up being the running back is going to benefit from it. I, uh, yes. They want to run the ball. They want to physically bludgeon you. That offensive line is physical and big. It's the second year in the shot Brian Schottenheimer offense which was all, you know, learning on the fly last year and doing that. So I do expect big things from that O-line. I think they're going to get very close to back to what we used to see with beast mode. You know, it's going to be smash you, smash you, Russell Wilson make a great throw or play, smash you, smash you, Russell Wilson make a great play, and then they're going to play defense behind that. The uh, holdout of Michael Thomas ended earlier this week. We'll be talking about that in a second. There are still some other holdouts out there. And for two of the guys – August 6th is an important deadline because for Ezekiel Elliott and Yannick Ngakwe, if they don't show up by August 6th, they do not get a credit toward free agency, a year of credit toward free agency. Now, for Elliott, he's still got two years left under his contract, so it really doesn't matter if he gets that fourth year of credit this year. He can get it next year and be ready for free agency when his five-year contract ends. And also, I think Elliott is more intent on getting a contract now. He doesn't care about free agency. Right. Aaron Donald didn't show up before that same deadline to get a year of credit toward free agency in 2017 or in 2018. In fact, Aaron Donald still has only three years of credit toward free agency, but he has his contract. The guy to watch, Chris, is Ngakwe because he's entering the final year of his contract. He needs that fourth year of credit. And I think that there's a good chance we're going to see him show up because he's going to realize to continue on this path, to get himself to the point where you can get a Demarcus Lawrence, D. Ford, 
uh, Frank Clark type of a contract. He's got to punch his ticket to unrestricted free agency, not restricted free agency. And if he doesn't show up by next Tuesday, he'll be a restricted free agent in March of 2020. He needs to force the Jaguars to use the franchise tag on him. I think he's going to be there uh, whether he gets a new contract between now and Tuesday or not. I would think so, too. I mean, first off, with Ezekiel Elliott, you're right. That's a different circumstances. That's different. It's a different thing altogether. It's the running back position. It's now or never. And, you know, Ezekiel wants it to be now because, yeah, if he goes and plays, it mightn't be never. So that's different. I'm with you with the Ngakwe thing, Mike. I think you're right. You know, I, I didn't even know we were going to be talking about this, but just as I've tossed it around my, my brain here and things like that, yeah, Ngakwe – Really talented, awesome football player. Just doesn't have the leverage in this situation, I think, that Ezekiel Elliott has. One, because of the years you're talking about. Two, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars got a talented front seven. They've drafted DNs slash D linemen the last two years. I mean, Josh Allen's a defense end. He's a top 10 pick this year. He's going to play Yannick Ngakwe's position. You know, last year they drafted Taven Bryan from Florida, who's a DN defensive tackle kind of hybrid guy. So it's not like they're like, oh my gosh, we don't have any more defense ends on our football team of course they want Yannick Ngakwe and I'm with you Mike I would you know I'll sit here and say Yannick show up go to camp go there make sure you get that credit for the year hopefully your agent can work out a deal with the Jaguars but if not you know protect yourself play the year out and then you get become unrestricted free agent like you said after the year uh, and, and I agree with you completely. And, you know, this is a guy I think who really loves football. He was gone for a while from the offseason program. He couldn't stay away. He showed up. And, and uh, you know, he's managed to stay away for a week. I, I don't think it's going to last a whole lot longer. All right. Uh, in Minnesota, they're, they're trying to improve their offense. And they had a lot of reasons why the offense did not thrive last year. One of the things that I thought was going to be uh, used more extensively, the tight end, Kyle Rudolph. And I remember – in May, Kirk Cousins, the new quarterback, said that the throwing to Kyle Rudolph's like throwing to a mattress. He catches everything. But then when the time came to play, he didn't throw to him. Well, on or as much as we expected. On Wednesday, Cousins explained that he just didn't have enough reps with Rudolph to realize even when he's covered, he's open. And he uses his body almost like a power forward in basketball where he knows how to box people out. He knows how to get in position to catch the ball. And even if you think he's covered, he really isn't covered. And Cousins seems to be committed to throwing the ball more to Kyle Rudolph this year, which is important because I don't know who steps up to be the Vikings' third receiver. Yeah, They've right. tried to will Laquan Treadwell into that job. I-, I think maybe Rudolph is the guy who fills that void, especially if Cousins is more comfortable throwing him the football. Yeah, I mean, Laquan Treadwell has been underwhelming, certainly. You're right, so you can't trust that. Maybe Rudolph is the guy. You know, this is this – is, um, Excuse me, as I have a burp coming out my mouth there, but <laughs> but um, th- this is not easy for a quarterback all the time. You know, your quarterback, you're always taught, hey, throw to the open guy. This guy's open. This guy's not open. And, you know, you throw a ball to a guy and he's not open and it's incomplete. Oh, what the hell are you thinking? He was covered. What are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. But it's special guys like this, Rudolph. You know, hey, we see it with Tom Brady, with Rob Gronkowski all those years. Yeah, being covered doesn't necessarily mean they can't catch the ball. And they have to kind of break some, you know, some chains or some walls there as a quarterback in your thinking to go, oh, okay, what, hey, the, the, the linebacker's not looking as he's covering Kyle Rudolph. Even though he's all over him, he's in the perfect spot, he's not looking. And, gosh, I've seen Kyle Rudolph with his catch radius, his ability to adjust the ball in the air. Man, I'm just going to throw it in there because he's shown me he can do it. 
And really, Brady is amazing at that. You see Ben Roethlisberger with Antonio Brown over the last few years, who's amazing at it. Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. Deshaun Watson with DeAndre Hopkins. They'll throw the ball to those guys, even when they're double covered at times, because they just go, you know what, the guy's this talented, and he's so good, and I've got a good feel for his body language and everything. I'm just going to throw it to him anyways. And it sounds like Kirk Cousins getting that, that type of feel for, for Rudolph. And when you look at what Kirk Cousins is saying, it, it just underscores for me how ludicrous it was the Vikings allowed last year's expectations to get so out of whack, right? Hey, we got to the Final Four with Case Keenum, and now we got Kirk Cousins, and everything's just going to be the next step and the next. No, it takes time yeah. to get a quarterback up to speed. It takes time to get comfortable. And and between John DeFilippo refusing to run the football, the passing of Tony Sperano, it it made it difficult, and they needed more time. And they've got more time now. We'll see how that translates yeah. in 2019. One last thing before we go. And and uh, the news broke yesterday during the show. I opened PFT Live on the radio side talking about this. The Mike Thomas $100 million contract, five years, $100 million. And, Chris, I believed that it was down to the Saints wanting to pay five years, $95 million, and Thomas wanting five years, $100 million. It gets reported as five years, $100 million. And then within an hour or so after the show, somebody called me and said, this is not a $100 million contract. It's $96.25 million. Thomas has to do some pretty significant things to make the extra $3.75 million to make it a $100 million deal. But, Chris, it was this happens all the time. The reporters get the information. They don't ask questions. They just rush to Twitter with it. And you know what? As, as I said during PFT Live on the radio side, in this case, one of the reporters that put it out there, and I'm not going to say who, knew that it was false yeah, right. and still put it out there. And that just – it's – look, I mean, I, I think one of the things you and I are both committed to at all times is honesty and transparency with the audience. And I don't want to stand up here and say we deserve a medal or a ribbon. I just think it's presumed if you're going to be in this business, you have to have a basic level of honesty and truthfulness and transparency with your audience. And I, I, and I know we're not talking about a huge difference here, but there is a mental – impact of 100 whoa, it's 100 million 96.25 isn't 100 it's why they sell things for 599 instead of six dollars mm -hmm. there's something about getting up to that higher number and mike thomas wanted that higher number and the higher number as we learned after we spent time talking about it yesterday the higher number is not the true number no i mean it's not it's it's you know agent propaganda and propaganda it's nfl propaganda hey whenever it comes to these contracts and i'm very happy that michael thomas got his money good for him that's awesome life-changing moment he's worked hard for it he deserves it that's great but yeah the optics of the the uh the situation do look like that he was more obsessed with the hundred million dollar number maybe than some of the specifics like i, I i'm not gonna lie i was a little surprised to see you know, hey, yeah, in the first three years of his contract, this is a year later, he's not going to make as much money as Odell Beckham Jr. and some other wide receivers. So, uh, I, you know, again, players can get a little obsessed with the optics of these type of situations. He's getting his money. That's the good thing. And really, in all reality, come on, these contracts are three-year contracts. He's going to get three years, $45 million, and we're going to see how good he is at that point, and we're going to reassess, and he's going to either ask for more money or the Saints are going to ask to restructure because he's not doing good enough and they're going to find a new way to finagle out into a new contract that's going to cost them less money. Yeah, you know, with a lot of quarterback contracts, the the checks end up being issued all the way through till the end with a renegotiation in the last year or two. But with a guy like Mike Thomas, by 2022, he's either going to believe he's getting screwed 
or the Saints are going to believe they're paying him too much. It's, it's going to be highly unlikely that the Saints look at that contract and say, you know what, this guy is exactly at the level that is acceptable to us, and he's not going to think that he should get more. I mean, the market's going to change. The salary cap's going to go up, and I think in three years he may hold out again. It worked this time. He may do it again. But, but the, the, the broader point is this. When you see these numbers out there, the initial reports, there is good reason to be skeptical because not only are the agents sometimes lying to the reporters, sometimes the reporters are in on the lie. So wait a while for that true number to begin to surface. Be skeptical about it because in a lot of these cases, they're telling you what they want you to believe and they're telling you what they want you to tell all your friends and they want that lie to get all the way around the world before the truth has even a chance to begin to pull its undershorts on. And the team doesn't care either. The team likes the lie. They benefit from it. They really do because it they makes, want the guy to be happy. Right. The guy's the guy happy. happy. And make, it gives them like, uh, you know, this false sense of where other players around the league, they're not going to look at like you and I and look in the nitty gritty details of the contract. They're just going to go, hey, look at the Saints. They're taking care of their players. They gave them $100 million. And that's going to go over big with players. So, you know, yeah, the teams are not, they're, they're not mad when these like fake numbers get released because more times they're not, it makes them look better than that they they really are in the 18 years that i've been doing this only one time has a team come out and corrected the reports that were leaked by the agent about the value of a contract and it happened with the raiders and receiver javon walker oh, and yeah. the raiders issued a statement saying that the numbers that were put out for javon walker's contract were false within an hour after that the Raiders issued a statement saying, oh, never mind, the numbers were accurate. Uh, <laughs> it's the ultimate Raiders move. The one team that ever disrupts this notion that the player got a good deal does so and then has to say, oh, wait, that really is the deal. Sorry, never mind. All I right, don't Chris. even remember that. That's great. I, I forgot about yeah. all that. Uh, you were playing then. You weren't paying attention to right. this kind of stuff. You were focused on trying to uh, it was probably around 2000 seven ish yeah, right. so uh you were dealing with all those post spleen issues trying right. to get the proprioception did i say it white proprioception proprioception yep After, oh proprioception. Gosh, did, I, did i get made fun of that uh, in the nfl for a little while i mean because you know I, I remember writing stories about that yeah. that you were having trouble with your body in relation to the rest of the world because not having that spleen was making it hard for you to just function as an athlete yeah my nervous system had been messed up you know i mean they cut me down the middle and basically just stapled me back together and yeah things weren't firing in the right sequence and all those things but that's a story for another time but uh yeah proprioception you're very good dr florio all right uh, that's it for today chris enjoy your three-day weekend yeah. we'll be back at it on monday and uh, i'll be back at it on friday get Big to going to be in and uh, let's get to it. Let's go do some copy paste and uh, snarky comment. Do it. Have fun. You know, you hadn't, you hadn't said that. You hadn't said that. We've been. You really. You really are off. You haven't accused me of copy paste and snarky comment uh, yet. It's since a, it's early. I'm just trying to break you into your groove for the All season. Right. Just trying to smooth it over. We're good. You're going to hear right. it a lot. See you Monday. Everybody yeah. else. See you Friday. Be good.